Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you joining us today. We are presented by the delicious taste of Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Nate Bucati along with Ali Trost and Jacob Peterson. And we are coming to you from the Compass Minerals National Performance Center, a.k.a. The training ground where Sporting Kansas City does their work every single day getting ready for games. And we got a special guest coming up for you on the show in a little bit. TBA, by the way, on that. (laughs) Because we're working through some things to find out exactly who we're going to be joined by in a little bit. But we're going to be ready for it. It's going to be a great conversation, I promise you, as it comes down the pike. Uh, But uh, we've got a lot to talk about today as well as uh, Sporting Kansas City coming off a loss at the Colorado Rapids and then another road game coming up this weekend against the Chicago Fire as well. Sporting Kansas City did some media availability today. So Ben Sweat and Nikola Voinovich both spoke today, as did Peter Vermees. So we'll react to some of those comments as well. But guys, let's start off. Uh, Ali, I'll, I'll start with you. You were you were there in the Mile High City. Uh, first of all, how are you? I'm I'm great. I mean, I've been better. The guy behind the camera right now helping us out with the show was also helping me out with a flat tire earlier today. So, Juwan, shout out to you. You deserve that. Um, but, no, I'm doing well. Excited to uh, to get back on the road this weekend after a disappointing loss. But, yeah, yeah it was, uh, you know, one of those games where – it's just kind of one you want to put in the rearview mirror and move on from it. And Sporting's got a good opportunity this upcoming weekend. So, so shout out Juwan, by the way, <laughs> with the assist of the day so far. Really Changing wise. the tire, filming the show, doing incredible things. The team game. Jacob Peterson was with me at the studio here in Kansas City calling the game. Jacob, how are you? Tires all good? You got all four tires yeah, and everything? Yeah, knock on wood. Tires are good. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, I think it's a, a good week to kind of get back on track. So we, we spent a lot of time talking about it, uh, and, and, and we'll start with this first game. Uh, Colorado Rapids 2, Sporting Kansas City nil. Um, I know you always go back and rewatch the games and, and see uh, how it looked to you it, it, at first blush and then what you saw when you went back and watched. Anything in particular stand out to you uh, about this game that you, you take away from it? Well, I think, it's as Ali mentioned, it's one of those games where you're going to have some performances throughout the year. I think Peter Vermees even has said it, team didn't play their best, and that's going to happen. Um, and especially given the circumstances of missing so many players and going to a very difficult place at altitude, gets a very good defensive team, especially under Robin Frazier. They're so organized, and they just have those players that 
are going to fight, are going to battle. And, and it's hard to break them down, especially when you're missing players um, like Sporting were with Daniel Shallowy, obviously, Kyrie Shelton, Gotti Kinda, uh, obviously Alan Polito, which, which you know, he's going to be out uh, the whole season. But, you know, when you're missing those guys and you're plugging in, in new players, it, it's difficult. And, again, uh, I've told you guys this. I am not worried about this team creating chances and scoring goals. Uh, they were one of the the highest scoring teams last season, and they're returning basically all the same guys. Just right now, some of those guys aren't healthy. And actually, the pieces that they did bring in, uh, I think, are really good pieces. Uh, I think Joni's had a good showing in, in that game, individually at least. Uh, you can see him when he's on the ball. He's special. He's dangerous. He takes people on. But as far as combining with his teammates, that stuff's just going to take time. And, and he didn't have a full preseason, you know, came in just towards the tail end, you know, a couple of days before the first game, I think. So, you know, these things are going to take time. They're, it's much easier to defend. It's easier to destroy than it is to create. And that in the attack is going to take time. So I, I'm not worried about it. Um, of course, it, the timing, I wish it wasn't at the start of the season. But again, I, I'm not worried about this team long term. Jacob Thanos Peterson. I mean, that was very, that was very, uh, that was very deep, and I think it relates to the universe, not just soccer. Easier to destroy than it is to create. I like that. I'm going to remember that. Uh, and I, you know what? I probably should have heard that phrase before, but I, I do like it. Ali, you, you spoke, um, you did on our pregame show, our Nissan keys to victory, and uh, our keys to the match, and. You're going to have to help me with the third one, but I remember off the top of my head that one was set-piece defending. Mm-hmm. One was limiting opportunities on the counterattack. That's how the two goals came. What was yeah. the third one? Do you remember what the third Movement one was? Movement from the wingers up top. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that was something that, like, Johnny and Johnny Russell were, were really trying to do. But like you said, Jacob, this Colorado team defensively, especially at home, is just so hard to break down. And even that movement, and when you then factor in as well, the lack of continuity with the guys up top and not just, you know, the front three, but even in the midfield as well. Like these guys haven't really played together that much. And sporting did have a couple of opportunities where they seemed, I mean, really dangerous and and could have easily put a a goal or two away in that game, which would have of course changed the entire storyline here, but that was not the case in that game. Yeah. And sometimes too, uh, on the road and in games like that, you, you have to just be so clinical and, and the field was, not good. We could tell that, yeah. you know, watching it live, but then talking to some of the guys and the coaching staff, you know, it, it's it, it's not an excuse. Both teams had to play on the on the mm-hmm. field, but one time, you know, pretty early on in in the second half, Zeus played a great ball over the top to Johnny, and, and it just wouldn't settle for him on that mm-hmm. field. And, and you know, maybe that's at home. That's at Children's Mercy Park, where the field is always perfect. Yeah, you know, I, I would expect Johnny to take a a good first touch, and then if he scores that, then you know, we could be singing a whole different tune here. So you have to be clinical in those moments. Um, I think another bright spot was Cam Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Cam Duke ha- had some good moments as he came into that game, uh, about the 20, 25th minute or so um, for Felipe. And I think after that, really, when he came into the game, Sporting were the better team to close out that, that, that yeah. first half. And I think the halftime whistle actually came at a good time for the Rapids because then they could settle back down. And then Colorado started the second half pretty well, and that's when they got their, yeah. their set, set piece goal. Um, so it's just about those moments, those little those little moments on a bad field when you're 
when you're up against it, a good team with injuries and, you know, for sporting just in this game, it, it just didn't fall for him. Well, a quick note about the field, and we had some technical issues. Otherwise, I probably could have gotten this in in the first half when it was maybe a bit more relevant. But Robin Frazier apparently very unhappy with the field conditions. I talked to a lot of people around the Rapids staff and, and media and just said that he has made numerous comments about how difficult um, the pitch is, not just, of course, you know, for, for visitors, as we saw with sporting, but for them as well. I mean, it's not the standard that any coach, I mean, coaches kind of have this thing with the field, right? It's their baby. They go out, they, they survey the area. Peter Vermees always goes out to CMP to check the conditions and, you know, they have a fantastic grounds crew, but you know, in Colorado, just with the weather recently, that field was frozen when Atlanta was in town. So parts of the field were rock solid because it was so cold and then it, it's just really hard to get the pitch at the level that you know these teams and these coaches would ideally like it to be at when you're dealing with such changes in weather because it was warmer in Colorado you guys than it was even in Kansas City uh, for that <laughs> game which is pretty shocking because that's usually not the right. case well ask, ask Carlos uh, Hugh about uh, conditions, conditions I couldn't send you guys that quote fast enough when I saw him speaking to the media afterwards amazing in that game um, but, hey, look, Sporting Kansas City is also invested heavily in things like grow lights that are not cheap whatsoever. And it's hard to grow grass in the Midwest in early spring. It really hasn't really even been spring yet here or in Colorado. And there's a reason that the field looks so good here. It's an investment. It's not easy to do, but it's a priority here. And, and that just goes in line with the other things you see at Sporting Kansas City. But I want to go back to the point you made about Christian, uh, Christian about Cam Duke, um, Jacob, in that when he came into the game, even before the good sequences, he had the shot that that, that uh, went over the bar in the first half. He had that great driving run in the second half with the nutmeg and, and created a chance for himself. You and I both noticed right when he came into the game that there was a commitment in the tackle, and he was winning the ball in the midfield. And speaking with Peter Vermees earlier today, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Well, first it was Ben Sweat. I asked him what, what his takeaway was from where the team is three games into the season. And he said, we've got to be more physical. We, As a team, we're getting bullied a little bit off the ball. And Peter has let us know about that. He doesn't like it. So I asked Peter about it. And I said, is that something that can change quickly from one game to the next? Because some of the things we're talking about that is a problem for the team right now, they're just going to have to sort themselves out over time, like injuries. You can't just solve those with the, with the snap of a finger. Or the chemistry of the players, they're going to have to grow that over time. But is... Is physicality and intention something that you can change just from one game to the next? And I loved Peter's answer because it was so classic Peter. He said, I'm paraphrasing, well, as a player myself, I would say, you know, as a former player myself, I would tell you, yes, it can be. And uh, it's basically, you know, we, we got bullied in that game against uh, against Colorado. And it's up to those guys in the locker room as to whether or not they're okay with that. That was the way he put it. And I see the look on your face because you've probably had those conversations with Peter as a player before. Tell me what uh, what it's like when he decides to manage the team from that standpoint. Well, I, I think for me is I'm sure there were games where I didn't have that um, to the fullest, but that's one thing that I, I thought I always had. I, right. Because I didn't have the, the talent uh, of some of the other players. Um, but it was always you – know, I had, had a coach, Steve Guppy, who's now the assistant uh, – in Nashville under Gary Smith, he would always say, and we kind of got to a point where, all right, Guppy, we get it, but it was you outwork them first and then you outplay them. And it was, if you don't come with that, I'm going to battle you. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to 
there's a loose ball over there. I'm going to outwork you for that ball. If you don't come with that first, it doesn't matter how good you can play. Yeah, you can play. But if you don't have that first, that that is the fundamental part about winning a soccer game is do you have that ability to compete? And you know that all those players in the locker room have it because we've seen that before, right? Yeah. So I think that um, it can change from game to game. You're going to have games where you are it's just not your day, and it's a long season. We've talked about that. But I have no doubt that Peter talking to these guys, and that's kind of being the central theme, and, hey, we got a lot of guys out injured. Hey, we're going to galvanize the group. We're going to get together. We're going to be hard to break down. We're not going to give anything away. If they do that, then I, I, I only see this team getting better, and it's something that you can just build on because you can always revert back to that. We are going to outwork you. What goes into that, though, Jacob, like for a team – if you go in and it's just not your game. Like, is it a combination of okay, this team's dealing with a lot of injuries? You've got different moving parts happening. You're going into a, a tough place. There's altitude. You know, you're you're kind of mentally going into it, knowing that it's a tough place to play. Like, what what are the the things that go into maybe influencing maybe a team's mindset as they don't come out that way? Well, I always love going into those type of places because those are the type of places where I mean, playing on the road. It's easier to play at home, right? Everybody knows that. But when you go on the road, it's not so much about playing great soccer. So maybe that's why, because I couldn't play that great soccer. I could just play the, hey, I'm going to smash you. I'm going to get in. Um, Maybe that's why I kind of like going on the road some games, where it's just we are going to defend, and then we are going to be clinical and efficient when we attack. Um, So I I always like that. I like going into the tough places. But then again, last year we, we saw sporting was great on the road. Yeah. And then in the biggest games, too, and this might have this was even a theme back when when I played here is and it's just I think part of human nature, but you always raise your level. When you're playing going to Seattle, you're playing way up here. When you're playing I'm gonna say FC Cincinnati because they're the lowest ones, but you know, when you're playing maybe a team that you don't think is as as good as a Seattle is, you drop your level a little bit. It shouldn't be like that. Championship teams don't play like that. But human nature you can do that uh colorado i think is a good team though i mean they won the last yeah. last year so that's well not really coached, an excuse right? yes that's not really an excuse for this game um but like i said you're gonna have games throughout the season where you're just not up for it and, and it's important though to address that during the week which they are and then to write the ship the next game i would um i would add in the fact we we spoke a lot about the newcomers to the team and the challenges that go along with developing chemistry, understanding the system, understanding your your, your teammates so that you can play that free-flowing style. And I think we could see that with guys like John East and Voinovich and Ndembe, they're starting to make those connections, and those things should only grow over time. And you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Jacob, but I do feel like there's also, when you're a newcomer here, or to one of those places that you've talked about in the past, you're also learning what it's about here. <laughs> you know, like that 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 um, you might be a creative playmaker in the attack, but you're still expected to go bust things up and do the full workload defensively, or or whatever it is. Just that ethos of the club here. There's a culture that's taken a long time to establish, and for new guys, and I don't mean this as an attack on anybody in particular, or 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 even an attack. Just is that also a learning process? Not just the chemistry with your teammates, but learning what the what what this what it's about 
to, to, to wear the crest of Sporting Kansas City. Absolutely. And, too, it's just learning about the way that the league's played. Yeah. I mean, throughout the yeah. league. Right? Johnny's yeah. even said he's like, I, I don't know these teams. I mean, you don't know your opponent as well as, like, say, a Graham Zusi who's played in the league for 14 years here at Sporting Kansas City. He knows these guys around the league inside and out, whether it was a former teammate of his or just going up against these same opponents year in and year out. Voinovich said this at the media today, too, Jacob, that somebody asked him what uh, what's your initial reaction of the league after one game, and he said it was really physical. And especially that game, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was playing against Bubakar, who's a mm-hmm. big physical guy. Austin Trusty's a big physical guy. You know, the, And you you've got to imagine for, for those guys going into it, they know that he just arrived – a couple days ago, right? They know that this is not just his his first game. It's his first couple of days in the United States. Like, I mean, that's yeah, got to be yeah. part of a no game plan. No doubt about that. Um, but on the flip side, too, you could say, hey, well, they don't know my my qualities. They, yeah. they don't know how to defend me. I'm going to exploit it then on mm-hmm. the on the flip side. But to, to go back, yeah, Nate, you do have to learn w- what it means to be a sporting player and, and that no matter what, you're going to outwork the other team. And then you're going to outplay them because there's a lot of really good players on this roster. But also, you know, Peter and Brian Bliss and, and the staff's not bringing in guys who they haven't seen that before or who they, you know, not just some flamboyant type of playmaker who doesn't defend, who doesn't work hard. You know, everybody that they bring in and that they're they're scouting – you know that's a staple. They have to at least have that. They have to have shown that somewhere for them to come in here. And yeah, it might need to improve, might need to get better, or um, put a little bit more importance towards that that aspect. But you got to have that battle. And uh, you know, I, I think the new guys. I'm not worried again about their ability to to compete and get up. It's just about getting to know your your teammates and how you want to play. How you what type of patterns uh, are consistent. I mean. When you've had three trainings, you know, yeah. you just can't, you cannot expect a player to know exactly the system that, that Peter wants to, to play in, in three training sessions. It's yeah. impossible. So Sporting Kansas City, already two really difficult road games in the books. I think that's another thing to, to, to keep in mind when we talk about all this. And they got another road game coming up this weekend against the Chicago Fire. So we'll talk more about that, plus a special guest to be determined coming up next right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB wherever you get your video and audio content and we're presented by Michelob Ultra it's only worth it if you enjoy it you're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB and we are back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. We are presented by the delicious taste of Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. We are at Compass Minerals National Performance Training Center, and uh, we are here joined by our special guest. We told you we, we wanted to keep you waiting. Uh, midfielder Cam Duke joins us now. It's been a busy day here at the complex. You've had training. You've had meetings and everything. Thing, and now you get to sit down with us. Cam, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? Good. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, we spoke with uh, Peter Vermees and some of the other players today at Media Availability, and uh, Peter was asked specifically about you and your performance against the uh, Colorado Rapids uh, over the weekend, and um, 
he actually had very nice things to say about you. You know, he, he, he thought you played really well. Of course, you know how Peter is. He also, though, ch- you know, backed it up with some more challenges. Mm-hmm. Wants to see everybody take it to the next level and everything. But um, he's been positive on, on the job you did in preseason and then in the game that you had against the Rapids. How are you feeling about, about the way things are going so far for you to start the season? Yeah, I feel like um, so far we haven't gotten the results. But I think each game we're trying to do – a little bit more than we did the last game. Obviously, Colorado, uh, it was probably a very bad – it was a bad performance, I feel like, just from everyone. We didn't play our style of play, and uh, I think we just need to focus on the next game. But uh, overall, we need to start getting points and wins as much as we can. Now, in that game, though, you had a couple of really good opportunities, especially going forward and around the box. And when you watch that game back, and you said it was a bad performance from the team as a whole, some good moments, though, in that game and getting in dangerous areas. When you look back, like what goes through your mind when you when you look back at the film of that game? Yeah, I think we did have a couple of opportunities. Um, I think I had two opportunities to score, and um, I feel like I just need to get better in that aspect and finishing my opportunities when I get them. But I think... In the first half, towards the end, we started to keep the ball and started getting chances. So I think once the second half started, we needed to do that as well. But I think the goal, them scoring the second goal just kind of brought our confidence down, and we just need to have a better reaction from that. Yeah, the last 10 minutes of the first half, while the game was going on, Jacob and I were calling the game. That seemed like the best stretch of the game for you guys, and that's when you had that first chance that you're talking about. When you look back on that little window, when you guys were, were on the front foot creating some chances, what was clicking? What what can you guys uh, maybe hold on to from that and build upon? Yeah, I think that's when we started to play our game. People were moving off the ball. We were connecting passes, trying to break down uh, the opponent in the final third. And that's what we just need to keep working on. And once we get more chances, we'll be able to finish them all. Okay, we'll move on from it here in just a second. But what makes Colorado such a hard place to play? I mean, the numbers back it up. Uh, you see it just week in and week out, how difficult they are to break down at home. Yeah. What, as a player, what is it? Yeah, I think they play really defensive when they don't have the ball. They play in like two low blocks or a low block, two lines. And, yeah, they just are really compact, and it's really hard for, like, the midfielders to get in like spots to receive the ball and even the wingers to like break down the defense so I think that was part of the problem but we just need to find solutions uh, to go against them. We're visiting with Cam Duke and I do want to talk to you about that second chance that you had because uh, I, I know Jacob was Really excited, first of all, with the turn. You got the Meg on Mark Anthony Kay uh, and, and then drove up the field. I know, like, if you finish that one off with a goal, like, that's one of those ones that you're yeah. showing everybody for a long time just because of the way it started and everything came off. And I, as a person who, who like, cannot nutmeg anybody, like, even in the office when they're not paying attention, I'm always, like, impressed when people can do that on a soccer field against somebody, especially the caliber of him. Mm-hmm. But then I was wondering in the back of my mind, was that on purpose? Did they do that on purpose? Or did it just work? <laughs> Because I could never do it on purpose. Can you take me back through that moment, what you saw, and, and what uh, what you remember about it? Yeah, so obviously I try to turn and go at the defense whenever I can. And in that moment I got the ball, I felt pressure like immediately. So I tried to like cut it back to get around him. And luckily I was able to get around him. And at that point I just dribbled at the defense. And uh, I remember Austin Trusty, he wouldn't like step because I, usually I'll wait for a defender to step to like, do something like pass it off but he didn't step at all so 
I just took a touch, kind of by him, and just took my opportunity there. Okay, so you make it sound pretty simple there like <laughs> that. Uh, we, we noticed during the game then that uh, – Kay left one on you after that, like a little yeah. bit later. Is that, do you think, do, if you do get a meg on somebody, do you have to have your head on a swivel? Do you think that was like payback or anything? Like, is that, it, does that happen a lot? Yeah, maybe a little <laughs> bit. I mean, he kind of says something after, like, I was dribbling, like, too much, so he wanted to stick or lay one on me, so. Yeah. So he yeah. told you you were dribbling too much? Yeah. Well, he said it kind of to the ref and me, but uh, I feel like that was a pretty hard challenge on me. That's an it definitely hurt. Have you ever heard that defense to a ref before? Like, hey, he was dribbling He's, too much. I had to, you know. Yeah. I, had to, <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. I feel like but, that's not a very good defense on his part. Okay, question one more about uh, the nutmeg. Is it harder to nutmeg someone or to avoid getting nutmegged in a game? Um, I think probably like nutmegging someone yeah. i feel like even yeah. though i feel like i'll get nutmegged every once in a while yeah. just because i don't know commentators I, curse like this yeah, week if i keep <laughs> yeah if you keep your legs closed then you will never get nutmegged, so. <laughs> that's fair. it seems like hard a hard to way to run though yeah. i you know that's always been tough to me we're visiting with cam duke all right cam i want to talk to you about a little more big picture stuff as you're coming into this you know this season you got some legit MLS experience under your belt last year uh, but but every time like you're looking to take that next step and one of the things that Peter did talk about today with all the young players was wanting to see guys like look there's there's a lot of injuries right now there's opportunities out there in front of you and, and what Peter said though is look young guys have to understand that there's a responsibility that goes into that being a pro every day and the approach. And I'm curious, like what, what have you learned about that aspect of it? Just like, what does it mean to be a pro now compared to maybe a year or two ago when you were first starting to get your taste of, of MLS action? Yeah, I think since we have a lot of injuries right now, um, it's very important each and every day to just play like you're playing in the game because you need to be ready at all times. And whenever you get your opportunity is your time to shine kind of. So. so when you look at how you prepared then for this season, coming off of, like Nate said, a, a year last year where you did get a lot of MLS experience, you had some big moments, goals, you know, you, mm -hmm. you had some firsts checked off the list. How do you take – or how did you, yeah, take that and turn it into motivation this offseason to, to take that next step? And what were some of those next steps that you noticed in your game or in your preparation that you needed to take going into this year? Yeah, obviously I was able to get a couple goals last year. I didn't have any assists, but – there were times where I created chances, and I think that was like kind of the first step I needed to make. But now it's kind of uh, getting more stats, getting more goals, assists, creating more chances to help the team, however, and uh, ultimately get the wins. We're visiting with Cam Duke, and so one of the things Peter talked about when he, when he said that about young guys is, yeah, when you're young, you, you want the guys to be humble. And you don't want them to have too big of a head, but at the same time, uh, you have to have the confidence when you're on the field that just because a veteran's calling for the ball, for example, doesn't mean you have to give it to him. Just you don't have to show deference to him all the time because once you're out there, you got to play. Is that hard? Like I, I'm curious for you, like you know, because you got a lot of veterans around you out there. Yeah, I think at first maybe a little, just because they're older, they have more experience, and I guess whenever you hear someone call for the ball, you might your first instinct might be to play it to them, but I think. As you get more games and get more comfortable, you start making decisions on your own and picking out the right ones. Have you had a moment with any of the veterans where maybe you did defer and you did 
you know, pass it off when you should have had the, the moment yourself or maybe a time where they've come up and told you, like, hey, Dookie, take that one for yourself next time. Yeah, right? I think, yeah, a couple of times probably just laying off the ball when I might have an opportunity to shoot, especially in training. That happens a lot. Maybe not too much in the games, but definitely in training that's happened a lot. And I think uh, just um, learning from those uh, actions and stuff, I can improve as a player. The other thing it looked to to me in that in the last game that you were pretty you were pretty intent on getting some tackles in like right off the bat that was actually what I noticed. We all know that you're dynamic going forward and that you can run at people, but uh, how much of a part of the game are or how much are you growing and how big of a priority is it to grow in that area as as like a ball winner in the middle of the field? Yeah, I think that's very important as a midfielder because you need to avoid getting split uh, as much as you can and. Peter's even talked to us like we need to be better defensively, get start getting stuck in in challenges, and um, once we win the ball, that's when we can possess the ball and go at the defense. So right now the team's dealing with quite a few injuries, like you mentioned, and, and some new guys coming into the mix, and a lot of players getting a chance to play with each other, probably like for the first time in real mm-hmm. game time. Um, How has it been with the new guys getting adjusted and, and acclimated into the group? I know some of them literally just arrived weren't with you all in preseason, <laughs> yeah. but uh, how would you assess, you know, where they're at right now? And, and what are you, what were your first impressions of like John Eason, Vunjevic? Yeah, I think all of them have been doing well, especially in training. I know it's been only a couple of weeks since some of them have been here, but I think they're picking up on like our tendencies and uh, the way we want to play. And overall they've been doing well. And I think as we start to learn or as time goes on they'll start to learn like the ways how we do stuff and we'll build our chemistry that way i'm curious you strike me as one of the pacier guys on the team uh speaking of the newcomers and dembe looks to me like he can fly yeah he's, I mean, he's really fast yeah. yeah have you got do you guys ever foot race like have, do you know who's faster if you guys um, you guys lined up i don't think we have had a race yet but he's definitely one of the fastest guys where do you think you team. would stack up um, I don't know to be honest. We might have to have a yeah. race after training one day. Are you are you trying to be humble right now? You don't want to like you know brag too much about yourself or? or... No, no, I actually think he's a really fast player. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it, it might be close. Yeah, we'll have to see. Johnny, he's too. He's got some. He's yeah. pretty speedy. Yeah, they're both. We're gonna we're gonna need to set that up on the training field. Yeah. One day. and well, I know like with you know all the tracking that the team does now like you can yeah. track top speeds yeah, exactly. and stuff yeah. so yeah. maybe we'll have to pull those numbers and see i know in denbay i think in the houston game nate correct me if i'm wrong had the uh he had the top end speed zeus was right there with him zeus? though at 35 oh, wow. years old yeah, so maybe we gotta throw That's, zeusy in the mix yeah. too dang i mean we got a lot of fast players i'm not gonna lie well yeah. so, speaking of zeusy real quick because last season you did get one run out at uh at right back mm-hmm. against fc dallas on the road when he uh was out for a Card accumulation? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think it was down in Dallas. I can't remember if it was card accumulation think, or if he got hurt. No, I don't even remember, actually. Yeah. Either way, you got the start playing right back. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that was a position you played growing up for not a lot. You know, it, it, it had been a while. Yeah. Um, what What was it like, you know, talking with Zussi before that? Did, do you, I know you've got mentors in the midfield, but is Zussi a mentor of yours for if there's ever a time that you're yeah, coming I back think, in it right back? Yeah, I think Zussi is – a very good mentor just because he has so much experience and uh, along with all the other veterans. But, uh, yeah, before that game, Zussi was kind of telling me and helping me out a little bit just, like, on positioning and, like, 
my first touch would be trying to go forward and all this stuff. But, yeah, I think whenever he gives me information, I try to take it in, and uh, I think it's very helpful. Well, Cam, we really appreciate the time, and, uh, you know, ho- hopefully uh, good luck in Chicago, and you get that first road win under your belt and all that, and uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Cam Duke. We will take a break. When we come back. Jacob Peterson will rejoin us, and we'll preview that game against the Chicago Fire. they got some big names they brought in in the offseason, and it's another road game for Sporting Kansas City coming up. That's right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content, presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I say wrap it up, but we've got actually a nice long uh, window here to preview this next game for Sporting Kansas City against the Chicago Fire and also react to the conversation we just had with Cam Duke, who we appreciate for joining us on the show as Jacob rejoins us. Jacob, I know you, you felt like Cam was a real bright spot in the game against the Colorado Rapids. You listened in on our interview that we just had with him. Your thoughts on, on, on where Cam is now and maybe where he can go through the course of this season? Yeah, well, I think the, the one thing that stands out to you when you watch Cam play is just that that burst, that, that mm-hmm. explosive you know, first... I don't know, five steps to create that separation. And, and it, it almost looks like he's gliding out on the field. And you either have that or you don't. Right. And that's right. something that that I think separates him from – it's his one unique type of talent and his ability that can get him minutes no matter what. Um, as he said, there's other things that you, as you get older, you learn more about the system and – you know, the defensive responsibilities and all that, which I think he's he's coming along. I mean, this first action of the game when he came in was ball turned over. Immediately, Cam, he's in an advanced position, immediately tucks back in and wins the ball and intercepts the ball and then keeps possession for the team. And it's those type of moments, that quick recognition, because he is so fast mm-hmm. and he's got that burst. If If he just recognizes that early, which he is starting to, then the defensive side will come. Um, but that it's going to take time. You're not going to be Roger Espinosa knowing exactly how to shut down passing lanes and, and all of that stuff. But I really like watching him play, and, and I'm really excited about what his future is because if he continues to work on his game and, and not just um, – you know, the defensive things, but work on your strengths too. Work on taking guys one-on-one. Work, work on his finishing. Although I thought both of his uh, left-footed shots were really good. I mean, the the first one, the ball uh, that Logan cut back to him, Yeah. that one, I don't know if it was going in, but it was on target. Mm-hmm. It, Austin Trusty just happened to head it out for a corner kick. And then the other one, he struck that ball really well, went through it with his left, and just went over the bar. So, I mean, I, I think he's got a big – big future Uh, I really do because he's got that ability in the midfield to coast pass guys and then it's just about getting in those positions enough to then when you know lay it off or do I shoot myself but uh, I, I really think there are big things ahead for Cam. Well, and as he keeps building that confidence, I think you're going to see him in more of those situations. If he can get himself in those spots, which he's proven that he can going forward, you give him those two shots back, you know, maybe one more time each and they might 
he might score one of them. I mean, I, I think he's the technique was there. They weren't like you said, they were on target. They were really good, op, you know, chances by him. And that's what he just told us in his interview. Like he wants to score more. He wants to assist more. He had a couple goals last season. He knows what it takes. He's been in those moments before. And I think if, if him and, you know, Remy Voltaire, another player who in the midfield wants to get on the stat sheet more, if those guys can, can step up and do that this year, Sporting's going to have goals coming from a lot of different areas if you see the same level of production from the wingers that we saw last year. Yeah, and what I really liked in his answer there was, I mean, that, that run, he, he made that look, and he talked about it just so nonchalantly. Yeah. Like, he set up K, okay, he's checking his shoulder, whether, you know, obviously gets the meg, but then he drives at him, and he make, he puts Austin Trusty in a difficult spot. Do I step? Do I drop? Mm-hmm. And he just continued that. And then the strike was great, and yet he still said, oh, you know, I have to maybe do a little bit better on that play. Which, I mean, that's the thing I like to see, though. He could have just said, yeah, yeah, I was pretty good there. Yeah, you see unlucky. that, guys? Yeah. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. That was really good. Like mm-hmm. he really under undersold that. So I, I like to see that though from a young player because that means that they're always trying to get better and always trying to improve. So Peter, I, I've referenced a few times what he had to say to the media today, and it was one of those. It this was to me Peter Vermees challenging the the toughness of his team, challenging the commitment of his team, and uh, he's, to me, one of the greatest coaches I've ever seen at playing that uh, that emotional fiddle, so to speak. I, I, to me, I put, like, Bill Self is, in this area, one of the guys that I think is incredible at doing that as well, and I put Peter right in that category. And, and there was a real theme. He kept getting asked questions today about young guys and opportunities with all these injured players, and he kept underscoring these guys need to understand the opportunity that's in front of them. And one of the things that he said was, you know, is if you're a young guy, you, you hope for opportunities like this. But what you need to understand is your mentality should be, I'm going to slam the door shut on that other guy, and he's going to have a tough time getting back in the lineup when he comes back because I'm going to take this job over. And um, I'm, <laughs> you know this, you guys know that I'm, I've been working on these like presentations I want to do as like you know, like inspirational speaking type things. And one of the themes that I really want to talk about is recognizing your moment in life because moments, the windows open up and windows close and they, they present themselves to you at certain points in your life. And I'm, and I watch sometimes with people that either just don't seem to realize it (laughs) and, and, and don't seem to realize like, this is it right here. I need to make everything out of this chance right now. Versus there are people that also that seem to get it. They seem to see when those 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 windows are open and, and burst through it. And um, I'm going to be curious to see what guys seize this opportunity right now. Because this this is like when those moments happen, those can be the types of things that send your career in, in two different paths. Yeah, I, 100%. I'm not going to speak as eloquently as you did on that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's... It's up to the players, and it's up to which one of those. I mean, how many stories in sports are there? Hey, Tom Brady, starting quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, franchise player, gets injured, steps in, Tom Brady, and here we are. Here we are, twenty-five years later, and he's still yeah. back at it. So, <laughs> well, and you know, he's not letting that window no. close. He's been no, holding that he's window like, actually, you know what? Years. I'm going to break that window that I actually <laughs> just did close because uh, two months, you know, at home living the normal life was just These not kids. it, not it for Tom Brady. Um, but you know, I, I asked Peter the other week just when you look at the injuries that this team's dealing with, and, and injuries in very important positions 
two very important players on this team over the last couple of seasons. And I asked him, like, do you get the sense that these young guys kind of understand the opportunity in front of them? With Gotti Keenda out, now we have a possibly extended timeline there. Peter made it sound like in his media availability the other week that Gotti Kinda could actually be a little bit longer getting back to the field. Originally, I think we were supposed to see him maybe get back in April or so. That could be even longer. Uri Roselle now hurt. You know, he's working his way back. You've got Kyrie Shelton, who was out the last game, Daniel Shallowy out the last game. This team's dealing with injuries, but you've got a lot of young players who play in those positions. And, and Peter's like, you know what? I can't really answer that. That's that's up to them. And I think, you know, the theme has been he is putting that pressure. He's trying to maybe get that message across. Hey, guys, here it is. It's yours for the taking. Um, and how, how will they recognize and, and take advantage of that opportunity? There's an element of professionalism that comes into it too, Jacob, that um, I'm curious if you can speak to because, and, and again, today Peter brought up specifically Jean-Luc Abusio. And that was one of the things that 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 did that did stand out. So much about Busio's game didn't stand out, really, right? Like you, you, that's why I think you heard a lot of national people say, "I don't really see it with Busio." It's like, well, you have to see him every day to really see it with Busio, because the thing that was incredible about him was there was like this element of professionalism at 16 years old of just coming and doing the job every single day. I don't know how I don't know how rare that is. I don't know how normal that is. You went off to residency when you were that age. That's different than being a full-fledged pro. It's, I don't know where it ranks in between, but how, how hard is it for guys to understand that concept of when you're a pro, it's every day. It's, it's at this certain level every day, and how hard is it for guys to maybe um, – how rare is it, I guess, for a guy like Busio to just seem to pick it up right away like that? Well, it's, it's extremely rare. That I think Busio was special. He he was he was special. I I've told told you this. Just watching him in, in trainings, a guy that young to be that far along in his development. That if if every player is doing that, then Sporting are, are going to be the best team in the league year after year. <laughs> right. Because, but that that's rare. So that shouldn't be. Yeah, maybe that could be the the goal, but that shouldn't be what everybody's compared to because he he really was special and. It, it takes other people longer, and it takes some people. I mean, Lucio was doing this at 16 years old, 17, 18. He was always big steps, and and I've seen progress uh, with the players right now. But that might be Cam Duke when he's 21, right now, or 22, or you know, and, and it might be a little bit later, and that's okay because it doesn't matter when it happens. Back in the day, I mean, Roger Espinosa played four years of college soccer and then came here and then developed and then went over, <laughs> yeah. played yeah. in World Cups, yeah. dominated the Olympics, moved over, won an FA Cup, you know, at 25, 26. So it, it just, it all depends. Um, but I do think that there's been progress. And with, with a lot of these young guys, Felipe Hernandez is, is another one. Um, we were just talking about Jake Davis out there. He's a player that, that maybe can take a next step. But there, there are a lot of guys out there. It's just... Peter said, who's going to be that guy? Yeah. And, you know, the co- coaches always like to say, you know, I don't pick the team. The pe- team picks itself, right? And it's up to the players to say, I'm going to force my way. I'm going to make it impossible for you not to play me. And, and you know, we, we just have to sit back and, and see who exactly that's going to well, be. Well, and I'm just – I my big question is because there is – 
an urgency to that right now with the injuries. So it's like who, how, how fast tracked can that become for somebody? How, how quickly can, can maybe that next step come together to solidify a starting spot on the field? That's, you know, I think that is the exciting part about where we are right now. I know there's a lot of questions with this team, you know, a few games in, they're not necessarily happy with where they're at. You throw injuries on top of that too, new guys in the mix. Like, there's a lot of, I think, exciting things to look forward to with the development of some of these players and how they maybe find their way into maybe not a starting spot, but a, a really consistent you know, depth piece in this team that's going to be really crucial to the long-term success. Because as we saw last year, you, you got to have, you gotta have a, a bench that can, can step in and help because it's a long season. And once you get down to the end, you have to have those, those players to rely on when injuries you know, might and often will pop up. I think that's an interesting point is is it, we we could be very well at the end of the season talking about, man, remember how tough it was, all those injuries at the beginning of the year, kind of a blessing now because we have all these players that got thrown into the fire and developed early on in the season, and now they know they can play, they know how to play with the team. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Let's talk about the next game now, guys, before we run out of time. Chicago Fire hosting Sporting Kansas City, 5 o'clock. On, uh, on Saturday, you can watch the game on 38 The Spot on SportingKC.com and on the Sporting KC app. Great numbers, by the way, on everybody downloading and watching the app. And I know there, there might have been a little bug here or there. We're going to keep ironing those things out. It's going to get better and better and better as the season goes on there. So hopefully we get to see you guys a whole bunch of unique subscribers and, and downloaders, or whatever you call it, viewers, streamers. Viewers, streamers. At the same time, uh, on Saturday, you can tell Mr. Technology over here. Um, let's talk about the game, though, Jacob. You've been breaking down film of this Chicago Fire team. They opened up the season with a couple of pretty ugly nil-nil draws, but they got a 2-0 win at D.C. United. Uh, in the wake of that snowstorm, they didn't have to play quite in as bad of conditions as they did up in New England. But uh, what did you take away from maybe that win in particular for Chicago and what you've seen from them overall this year? Well, we didn't really know going into the season what, what the fire were going to be. I mean, remember the drama at the end of last season where they already told some of their players their options weren't getting picked up. They weren't bringing them back in. Um, before the last game, it was, was kind of wild. But, I mean, they ended up releasing and getting rid of a lot of their the players that played there. Um, obviously, Rafael Vicky fired him, let go of him, parted ways, brought in Ezra Hendrickson, young, up-and-coming uh, head coach, had a lot of experience as a player, had a lot of experience at, at, at successful places in Columbus, the Galaxy, Seattle for the majority of that uh, as an assistant coach. So he's, he's definitely got – he knows what it takes to win in this league. Um, but we still didn't know. They have so many new, new, new pieces um, I think bringing in Shabilko up top mm-hmm. um, from Philadelphia, maybe he's not going to score you 20 goals, but he's just a good soccer player, works yeah. hard for the team, know what you're going to get for him. And, and guys, I told you before about Shakiri coming in, and, and I was a little hesitant. I was like, man, I, I don't – just with his past attitude problems, and he's always kind of been in and out, kind of fighting with, with managers and everything, but – in what I've seen, I have been very impressed by his with his work ethic and just the way that he's involved. He's not doing the Gonzalo Iguain where he's throwing up his arms at his teammates, <laughs> showing everybody he, up. Showing everybody up. He is invested. He's celebrating a lot when the team scores goals, which body language matters. And it seems like he is invested in, in this group. And he's still got talent. When he gets on the ball, he's always looking to play through balls, constantly looking to split the lines. And, He's so good at it, and his weight on the ball is perfect. 
Uh, he set up their first goal. He didn't didn't technically get an assist because Brad Smith for DC played it wrong and, and it uh, went to Ivanov who scored. But he he's kind of the danger man, and you've got to latch on him. You he always wants to get onto his left foot, and left footed players you say that all the time. Keep them right, keep them right. But they're just so good at getting back onto onto the left foot. If you can kind of prevent the ball getting to him, then I think you you can get in business. But I mean, they got some good pieces. Jimenez, who's their defensive mid with Pineda. I, I like both those players. Jimenez is outstanding. And Pineda's a younger player who I've liked for a couple of years now. I think he's been pretty good. So, it, I mean, they look good. They look good defensively, but we, we still don't know who they are. Three games yeah. in, new coach, new team, you know. And that weather, too, it's probably going to be windy down in Chicago. I mean, we'll see. But it, it's a tough game for sporting to go on the road to. Well, and, I mean, writing three shutouts now about to become potentially this weekend on a very short list of teams to, to get four straight shutouts at the start of a season. Not happening, Oh, yeah, though. don't. Not ha- I, I'm just saying that's uh, that's a streak <laughs> that they're currently riding right now. Uh, not saying it's going to last, but that is where they're at currently. I mean, Jacob, when you look at defensively how they've played, what's it going to take for sporting to break them down, especially as we've heard from Peter Vermees, that's kind of the part of, of the game that's, going to take the most time and especially if you're still missing some pieces yeah that that's going to be a, a difficult task i think to try to figure that out they've been good good defensively haven't given up a whole lot and honestly they've been a little fortunate um you know watching i know all this the talk around slonina and 17 year old goalies in with the national team he's got uh three shutouts like you said to, to start the season but there's been some shaky moments where he's He's made up for it because he's long. He's a huge goalkeeper, athletic, but he sp- he's spilled a couple, left some right at the doorstep that the other team couldn't finish. Crosses, does he come out? Does he not? He's, I mean, he's 17, so yeah. there's still. But I think this, I think the the hype train's getting a little bit too far out and yeah. ahead of him, and. Train's running out of steam right now. I'm not going to stand here for any Gaga Slanino uh, slander just because of the fact that he's a Polish-American like myself. And, uh, you know, I I listened to him on the Extra Time podcast talking about Gwumki and pierogies, which is what I grew up on. And, uh, and, and... uh, Nate's pulling for that fourth shutout, I feel Poland does not create much other than central strikers like Lewandowski and incredible goalies like Artur Boric, Lukasz Fabianski, and Wojciech Czesny. So... Uh, I like him, but he's only seventeen. You're right. I mean, it's, it's they're getting they're get, people getting a little carried away. Getting carried away, which I get, but um, I mean, he's got three shutouts though. So, well, maybe he, I should just shut up and, and <laughs> we'll see. But I, I do think they, there's an opportunity there. I think for Sporting, if they test him, if they get balls in, he's not good with his feet. They put him under pressure, mm-hmm. and when the ball goes back to him, um, but the thing is. Chicago's been so good at limiting the other team yeah. to even get those chances to overwhelm a young goalkeeper. They've protected him well, um, and he's made some highlight real saves, and, and that's what people see around the league. Yeah, seventeen years old. There's a lot of potential there, but Absolutely. it's potential, and Absolutely. you know, and and, and when, seventeen junk for a position player for a goalkeeper. It's really really young, baby. And, yeah, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see where he goes from here. Hopefully, that shutout streak ends uh, coming up. On Saturday. Again, 5 o'clock kickoff between Sporting KC and Chicago Fire. Our pregame coverage will be at 4.30 on 38 The Spot and on the online streaming. And, of course, you'll be able to listen to that game on Sports Radio 810 WHB or 
uh, ESPN 94.5 FM, depending on what happens with the NCAA tournament as well coming up this weekend. So that's going to do it for us. Our thanks to Cam Duke for joining us on the show, Jacob Peterson and Ali Trost, our friends at Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Juwan for changing Ali's tire uh, <laughs> Thank so you, that Juwan. we can make this show happen as well. And thanks to you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.